0: So anyway, um, well, I'm going to go through the second part of Philippians, um, chapter 4, um, verse 10 to the end. I'm going to go mainly verse 10 through to 13. But um so I'm gonna read it. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need i can do all things through christ who strengthen me nevertheless you have done well that you shared in my distress now you philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when i departed from macedonia no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only for even in thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessities. not that i seek the gift but i seek the fruit that abounds to your account Indeed, I have all in abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, the sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need, according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those. Who are of Caesar, uh, Caesar's household? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, Amen. Lord, we thank you for for the book of Philippians, Lord. And you've spoken to us so much through this book, Lord. And to me, too Lord, and, and it's so much to learn, Lord, to learn from from the life of Paul, Lord. And and Paul was just following you, Lord, and uh, Lord, we pray that tonight you would keep speaking to us, Lord. I pray that you will really soften our hearts. Give us mind first to understand your word. Give us your wisdom, your perspective on things. Give us a soft heart, Lord, to to believe it, to trust you and to be changed, Lord. A heart that is willing to be changed by you, Lord. That we would be conformed to you, Lord. We will be able to live the life that you that you lead, Lord. Because that's what we desire. And we pray that in all things, Lord, you will, will be glorified, um, glorified through our lives and in our works, so Lord, what you call us to do for you when we're following you in Jesus' name. Um, so, um, we've seen Sunday, in, in we went through the first part of, of the chapter and um, we saw that paul he was exhorting the philippians to to follow his example and he gave them some commands and uh, several commands i call them commands anyway and um, now the church uh, the apostle is commending the church for uh, the church of philippia of uh, philippi for generosity for their generosity toward him but uh, we're going to see that if still teaching he's still teaching the philippians through his example in this passage and um, so i went through the book we've we've discovered that the 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 overarching theme of the book it's joy and uh it's more specifically joy in spite of suffering and even more specifically it's joy found in christ in spite of suffering and um, there is a couple of the themes that are important in the book it's humility and self and self-sacrifice especially Christ's humility and Christ's self-sacrifice as our examples so when we come to that the the last few verses here we must be careful not to divorce the uh, those verses from the context of the book Um, keeping keeping in mind the context when we're studying those verses and um, not only the context of the book but we we must keep in mind as paul is giving his example we must keep in mind the whole context of his whole life the way he lived as we we can see it in in acts and and we can see find hints of that of his life through the epistles um i think we a lot of time we forget that we forget to um, look at the life especially jesus life uh we can read the commands we can read what what he taught but i think we we can forget to look how he lived and uh uh, he is the word made flesh so his life is always um, confirming uh or how can i how can i say that Um, demonstrating what he taught and uh it's I think it's very important to look at at his life and here in this case as Paul is talking about his life it's important to while he's teaching us to look at his life how he lived before I mean yeah during that time so um, he says but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again though you surely did care but you lacked opportunity Um, Paul is rejoicing so because of the the Philippines care toward him Uh, they sent him a gift through Epaphroditus we don't know what the gift was in the verse 18 he says things he says indeed I have all all and abound I am full having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you so I didn't find what it was But he's rejoicing not because of the gift gift itself the gift you know really what is important he's rejoicing, rejoicing because of their affection toward him and their concern and their care for him verse 17 he says not that i seek the gift but i seek the fruit that abounds to your account Uh, in the verse 10 he used the word flourish so that means to grow or to develop in a healthy or vigorous way especially as the result of a particularly favorable favorable environment and it's interesting to see that 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 word is usually used for living organism, and uh, so it made me think about faith, you know, having a living faith, and uh, and here he's talking about their care and their concern for him and their affection for him, and it's, it seems that it's it's growing in them, and uh, like something alive in them that was growing, and they were caring for Paul more and more. Um, verse 11 it says not that I speak in regard to need for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content I know how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me I got stuck on those verses uh quite a bit <laughs> um so the teaching here is in s- if you summarize it it's like paul's contentment wasn't dependent on the situation he was in he used the words whatever state i am use the word the word everywhere uh in all things he showed that he co- his contentment didn't depend on the situation um, so when we want to understand the, the meaning of those verses, we need to, to look at the purpose of the book and the context they are in. And uh, the purpose of the book is to encourage the, the Philippians um, during hardship, and you give the example of his life that it was possible for him to rejoice in spite of the affliction. That's the purpose of the letter. And so here is, like I said, he keeps teaching the Philippines. And for the example of his life, but we need to remember the context. I, again, I said it's like in in during affliction or during difficulties. So those verses, they, I don't know, we can miss. I missed a lot of often. I missed the point of these verses while reading them because I didn't. Understood that, and I didn't pay attention to the rest of the book. I say, Yeah, it's fine. It seems to support the idea that I can abound and be satisfied. I can, as long as uh, I find my satisfaction in Christ, it's fine. But I think it's missing the point of the verses. Um, those verses they are here to. How to say that but um they don't support the idea of that abundance of good and indulging myself in in the things is okay Is okay for me they don't the verse 12 doesn't justify my desire to own the, my desire to own more paul paul says that it doesn't matter if i have a lot or if i have a little i will always be content that's what he says but that doesn't mean they say it's okay to have a lot. I mean, and I don't know if you try, if, if you, you check be clear. A lot of time we read that and we miss really the purpose of of what he was saying. Um, so I try to find a I try to find a place in Acts or in everywhere in the letters where Paul was living in abundance. Because he said that he said, I know how to be based and I know how to abound, and uh, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So I tried to find that. I, I didn't find any place where really where we see Paul living in abundance. If you go to First Corinthians, I can read it. You know, First Corinthians four. Eleven, thirteen. He says, "To the present hour we both hunger and thirst, and we are poorly clothed." and beaten and homeless and we labor working with our own hands, being reviled we bless, being persecuted we endure, being defamed we entreat. We have been made as the filth of the world, the offscouring of our of all things until now. And then second Corinthian Second Corinthian eleven twenty three through twenty eight Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequently. In death, often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside the other things what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Then I look in the gospel I see, is there a place where Jesus was living in abundance too? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, in Matthew 8, 20 he said, you know, the birds of the air have nest and the, the fox have holes, but the son of man have no nowhere to lay his head. So I don't know. I see Jesus and I see Paul who is following Jesus, and I don't see any living in abundance. And Paul says, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. So in the verse nine he said, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these do. So he see what you saw in me, what I the way you see me the way I lived, do it. Do the same thing. First Corinthians 416 to repeat that enough to the Corinthians, he said therefore I heard you imitate me (coughs) so another point that we need to remember is that Paul's notion of abundance was probably different than ours what we think as abundance In the verse 18, he says, Indeed, I have all and and abound. I am full. Where was he at that time? I think he was in prison. I mean, he was under house arrest, they say in in Acts, but I know he was still in prison. Um, Maybe for him to abound meant not to lack food, clothing, or shelter. Maybe that was his notion to abound. A lot of places in the world, in the world country, to abound is to have free meals a day. That's abounding for them what what lens do we look through what lens do we use when we try to evaluate how, how how rich we are are we using the world standard for riches or using jesus standard so I don't know. Abundance by definition is having beyond our needs, above what we need. That's it that's abundance. Second Corinthians eight thirteen fifteen. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may supply the lack that their abundance also may supply your lack there may be equality as it is written you gathered much as nothing left over and you gathered light little had no lack same thing when we if you read matthew Six nineteen, twenty one. Says, "Do not lay up treasure. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal." For where the, your treasure is there, I, there your heart will be also. So, what is the treasure? Where do you draw the line? Is anything beyond my need above my need a treasure? Okay. Again, we need to see at the to judge it according to Jesus' standard and not the world's standard. I think right now, according to Paul, I am living in abundance. And those verses, when I read them, they don't comfort me, they don't... When I read that, I'm not comforted in, okay, it's fine, I'm I'm good. I can keep living that life that in abundance and still follow their example. Their verse, they, they convict me. Because I'm still finding contentment in the things I possess. I still find peace in the satisfaction of my needs. Just try to imagine live without uh, living without your stuff, all the stuff we have. would I mean would you still be content? I know you can ask the Nepal team what they went through and I mean I lived five months without a fridge. <laughs> and it it was tough I tell you. I wasn't con- I wasn't content at all. <laughs> I wasn't content. I have no I don't have any answer, I just I just saw that that um, we must be careful not to justify those verses to for us to to just live the life getting all those things, possessing all those things without ever thinking if you could maybe be be an hindrance to us. An hindrance to us to live the life that Paul lived and the life that Jesus lived. Um, did you did you realize, did you realize this, notice the, the the verb that Paul uses in both verses in 11 and 12? He says, "I have learned, in whatever state I am, to be content." Paul had to learn it. It's not contentment is not a spiritual gift, even if it's a fruit of the Spirit in us. But it has to be learned. Paul had to learn that. And if, I believe if we want to, to be disciples of Jesus, we too, we must learn that. We must learn to be content in every situation. In spite of the difficulty or the pain or the need. <clears throat> so Jesus, used, when you read in, in Luke the requirement, Jesus' requirement to follow him, it's denying ourselves, forsaking all and that's just two of them but why, why do we need that why do we need to be able to forsake all and uh, and to, become, to find contentment in him in spite of the situation, why do we need that I think it's because contentment bring, brings freedom I'm going to read you a little, I found that one day, I can't remember the author, but I wrote that in my little journal that I had. I don't remember the person who wrote it, but he says, He who wishes to preach the gospel, like the disciples of Christ, must have no earthly entanglement. If he has, his whole labor will be mirrored by it. The concerns of his own soul and those of the multitudes to whom he preaches are sufficient to engross, engross all his attention and to employ all his power. I think contentment gives us the freedom to follow Jesus no matter what he calls us to do. Being free from self is a requirement to follow Jesus. You see, so he talked about learning learning to be con- uh to be content um i don't think there is any need to learn to be content in time of abundance i mean that comes with our selfish nature you know we're satisfied when we have what we what we need but we definitely le- need to learn to be content in time of suffering so uh i think learning is a process and it comes through experience um, we must go through times of, of need in order to learn contentment. Um, there's three things I wrote that I things are important to, to learn in order to find a contentment. I must learn first to trust Christ. Um, I must have faith. Being totally conceived, uh, convinced that Jesus is faithful. I must know his faithfulness. And I can only learn that by experiencing his faithfulness in time of difficulties. And somebody said, the missing of riches makes the life of faith practically impossible. This is true when you think about it. The less I have to rely on God, the less I have faith. Is it possible to have riches and not trust in them? I'll read you what George Miller said. You know, I don't know if you know about George Miller. And I bet everybody knows about him. But He said, you know how he was the living by faith while well, he was taking care of the orphanages. And when, when the Lord called him to do that, take care of the orphanage, he said, I can't remember already a long time ago, but he told the Lord. He said, I will never ask anything to anybody. He said, he asked the Lord, he said, you you have to feed those children, I I want." And then he lived it by faith, his whole life. And the Lord provided, and the Lord was faithful. And he said, uh, George Miller said, Truly it is worth being poor and greatly tried in faith for the sake of having day by day such precious proofs of the loving interest which our kind Father takes in everything that concerns us and then he said and how should our father do otherwise he that has given us the greatest possible proof of his love which he could have done in giving us his own son surely he will with him also freely give us all things second thing uh, i believe we need to learn is I said before to deny myself, I have to learn to deny myself, to die to myself, to die to my needs. If I don't learn that I cannot be content. Every time I'm going to be in time of needs, I cannot find contentment. And the the third part, I need to learn to find joy and contentment in Christ. I must experience Christ's joy in time of hardship. I must know that his comfort is real and that he will carry me through. Again in 2 Timothy four sixteen and 17. Paul says, At my first defense no one stood with me, but all forsook me, may not be char- charged against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me. And that all Gentiles might hear, here when paul is talking in philippines it's uh it's not really the end of his life it's his first imprisonment in rome i don't know how long he lived after that but he had a fair amount of experience in his walk with the lord and uh fair amount of experience in in suffering and 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 difficulties and hardship and and um and he learned that he learned to trust jesus he learned to he learned to find joy in him find contentment in him as we saw before even in the book now if we stop here we seem we paul seems to be a superman i mean it's impossible for us to live like that that's what we need to go through and the verse 13 and see where he says i can do all things through christ who strengthen me so that's a famous verse is used a lot out of context too um, again the context of the book is joy in time of affliction and and the context of the passage is contentment in time of need this is how we need to s- understand that verse paul is confident that he could go through the greatest trials the greatest difficulties the greatest afflictions because Christ was strengthening him. His strength didn't depend on what he owned or, wh- or who he was. His strength came from Jesus. He wasn't self-sufficient because you can you can be content in every every situation by relying on yourself, being self-sufficient. That's, that wasn't the case for Paul. If you go to 2 Corinthians 3 verse 4 and 5 and he says and we have such trust through Christ toward God not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves but our sufficiency is from God so same, same thing for us if our, if, if, if our joy and contentment come from Jesus from our relationship with him our abiding in him we find that joy in abiding in him so then we can, we can be sure that he will always give us the strength to go through any trial no matter the trial it is not dependent on the situation it just depends on our relationship with him there is no difficulty to greet for us. We can do, the, say the same thing that Paul says. I can do all things. I can go through any difficulty through Christ who strengthens me. Here's the Lord, the promise Jesus in Matthew 28:20. 20. He says, when he gives the command to the disciples, He says, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore." And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you in all ways, no matter matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, he is always with us. That's his promise. And Paul lived that. a little bit I spend most of my time on those verses and I'm gonna go fast on yeah. the end of the chapter chapter um, verse 14 he says nevertheless you have done well that you shared in my distress so Paul at the time was in distress apparently in need in difficulty and uh, the Philippians heard about about his need and they and that's why they sent help through Epaph- Epaphroditus Um, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the Gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessity. So it seems to be, I have a hard time figuring that out, that it's the third time that they help Paul. The first time when at the beginning of the gospel so it's probably on his first mission i mean it's his second missionary journey but the first time he went through macedonia uh, that would be the first time and then the second time he said for even in thessalonica you sent aid once and again so it seems to be that there was a second time for my necessity and this would be the first the third time not that i seek the gift but i seek the fruit that abounds to your account so Paul wasn't looking for the gift; we saw that before. But he was looking for the the fruit of generosity in their life. I think it was a way for Paul, while he was uh, gone, um, it was a way for him to estimate the spiritual growth of the of the of the church without being with them. In that, I have all in bound. I am full having received from your the things sent from you a sweet smelling aroma an acceptable sacrifice well pleasing to God and my God shall supply all your need same thing it's in the context of of being in need and lack God this is the promise that God will always supply our need it's what we need it's, and it's not necessarily what we think we need a lot of time I realize that my need are not... What I think I need is not really... What I need. According to his riches in glory. By Christ Jesus. That's all I got on the The conclusion of the... Just a little conclusion of the book. I tried to find a look in, in the book. A verse that would, that would uh, summarize the book. For me. And it's really like subjective I don't know but the chapter 3 verse 8 he said I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ here you know Paul is talking about the excellence of knowing Christ and that knowledge is not an intellectual apprehension it's an experiential knowledge resulting from his personal communion with christ and he could see he could find that he could know christ like that only through the difficulty through, through hardship that was the only only way for him to know christ like he knew him and i think we need to know christ like that if one be able to share the gospel if to share the gospel knowing about christ is not sufficient we need to know him. You know, a lot of times I, 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 you know, going and sharing the gospel with somebody, and you just think about the people. They ask you a question, and you think you have to know everything about in the Bible. You know, because you have to be able to to prove or to show them. That doesn't lead anywhere. That doesn't bring anybody to the Lord. What they need to know, what they need to see, is that I know Jesus like Paul knew him. That's what will. We'll, Will bring them to him. Um, I want the verse is like uh, it reminds me of the of the pearl of great price that uh, Jesus is talking about when he's com- giving a parable about the kingdom of God, Matthew 13. be clock tonight <laughs> 1345 again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it so i don't know it's probably hard to understand but for me it reminds me of paul you know Paul he found Jesus, and he got rid of everything just to have Jesus. And I mean, our stuff they can, our stuff can keep us from knowing Jesus like Paul did. I'm sure. And uh, maybe I'm called to get rid of a lot of stuff I have just to know Jesus. And I'm not talking about just material things, but thing that consume my mind and my heart and think I'm yeah just yeah just, I just want to say that I was thinking about the book and the Philippines and that time we had in the book and like I said before how we spoke, I know we spoke to quite a bit of people, I mean, that book and and. Uh, the Lord spoke to us for the book and and the first time we came here, I remember uh, we were witness of, of God calling the church to go and make disciples and uh, after the conference and and uh, um, so we saw the call I, I believe it was the, the Lord calling the church to go and make disciples and I think right now witnessing, we're we're seeing God preparing. The church to go preparing us to go i mean we we start in core group we start going through i mean for, of course it was in john first about abiding in christ and then when we start going through luke and every time we go through those those scripture about jesus talking about the requirement to be a disciple the requirement to follow him forsaking i mean i don't know there is so many they left hall and they for and they and they followed him and it's it's all over every time and uh, um, forsaking all denying self, loving him above all things being a servant of all that was a recurrent theme in the core group and now on sunday we talk about uh, joy in time of affliction humility in considering others above as above us finding strength and contentment in christ I'm, I'm, the lord is preparing the church to go the lord is preparing the church for to live like paul i'm sure and and that's awesome that's a praise and i just don't let your staff miss the best you know <laughs> don't miss the best don't get too late just go to your co-groups i don't know but just don't miss the best because i don't know. want to be part of the best and it's awesome people are going already how many three times and they come back and they are sick for a week in the art, it's terrible. In the next year, there are more people who want to go. <laughs> you wonder. Yeah, that's all I had. <laughs>